I've got a couple of youngsters who I've just said to them, right, I want you to go and practice this thing in a fight. Now, if you get it wrong, you're going to get smashed up. And we don't know if it works or not yet. You're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. Today I'm talking to probably the second funniest man, I would say, in uh, UK martial arts, uh, after me, obviously. And he's just right now at the cutting edge of martial arts in the UK. The way that he's getting his message out and the way that he's getting out his methodology is just cutting edge. It really, really is. And he's horrendously talented physical specimen. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. And with no further ado... We'd like you to welcome the first of our fighters to the ring now. This man is undefeated in mixed martial arts competition. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and welcome Mr. Phil Norman! My name's Phil Norman. I'm uh, located down in the Bournemouth area. Uh, that's generally where I'm at, but we're going kind of global now with our whole with the ghost thing. It's, it's kind of taken off. We're, we're kind of bigger outside of Bournemouth than we are inside at the moment. But outside, it's, it's really, really taken off. First time I ever saw Phil was he's going to go absolutely <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going, he's just, He just wants to talk about Jet. That's what it is. Uh, well, that's, I might as well tell you now. For at least 12, 13 years, I've been asking Phil to get me the telephone number of Jet from the Gladiators. Diane. Still super hot. She was now. lovely. She was. Any chance of that phone number? I, I don't think so. But, but she's still looking good, by the way. Have you seen I know, her? I've seen her. Trust me, I've seen her. Yeah. And she's been married three times, so, you know. Well, hang in there. <laughs> you know, I'm playing the long game. Trust <laughs> me, I'm playing the long game. Well, Phil, you've got a two and a half second head start. So... There's not a lot in it, really, is there? No, no, it's... Um, obviously, I like a bigger lead, but uh, it's, uh, it's going to be close. We did the glads. There was... Because it was kind of like a whole show thing. You see all the gladiators backstage, and all they do is they'd be getting the weights, and they'd be warming up and oiling up because they had to look good on camera and all that kind of stuff. Except for her. Now, what she did, she would just dance. So, yeah, so you can imagine, like, we're, we're backstage, and me and the other contenders, we're, like, ready to get psyched and go and smash it and, you know, and do that thing. And she's just moving around and wiggling and doing that kind of... And he was like, I had to, I had to go to another place. I had to go, no, no, I, I can't concentrate when you're doing this. Go yes. away. And, and, but one of my tactics was, I'd go up to the other container and go, hey, check, check, out, check out Jet. Right? And, and then he'd just be like, the jaw would hit the floor and they'd be like, I'd go, okay, now I'm going to get myself cleared so I can go and smash this next game. Philip, you will start on my first whistle. Three, two... One. You won it, right? Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, it was something else. It was like 22 years ago. 22 yeah. years ago. I had someone, you know that there's a, a ninja warrior person? Yes. Like that, right? Now, I've had someone like just go, hey, Phil, we've just got to, why don't you go on this? We can get you on this. And I was like, because you're on Gladiators. So I said, yeah, 22 years ago. I was 25 then. So, no. Well, if you've ever questioned the difficulty of these events, now you've heard it from an expert. Mixed martial arts. Bill's part of the, the JKD family. He's a full instructor in the crew down in Asante, yeah, right? Yeah, forever, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I started my uh, apprenticeship. I started going, I was, I had a, a friend of mine, Colin Sherrod, uh, my, like my best friend at the time. And we were like 
17, 18, doing Kung Fu and stuff at the local club. And he went on a holiday just around the corner from the Innocento Academy. And he kind of popped in there and come back and told me. And then that was it. Every year we'd go out there and train there and, and travel over there. And we'd, we'd be sleeping on like the Innocento Academy floor in the, you know, like sleeping bags and things like that. And they, they were so good to us, like Guru and Simu take us out and feed us because we'd run out of money and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So we did that. So we kind of, I, I started that and then I, I was fortunate like in 91 to become a, an apprentice, took me on as an apprentice in 91 and I think it was 2000 I, I became a, like a full instructor. Wow, and there's, there's, five, there's five in the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a massive privilege and honor to, to be in that, uh, yeah. that group and, and, and to be there. So yeah. When you mentioned you first went over to the Anna Santa Academy, I was getting the MMA revolution has started to slow down a little bit. Guys are there. It's not, it's not the yeah. explosion that it was. And the guys who are still at it, it's now quality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, no, you, no, it's a high level. Yeah, yeah, it's so, a high yeah. level. Phil, give me a little bit we of an were, idea. We were way ahead of our time back then though. With, Cause um, again, we're training with, uh, uh, Satsuri Nakamura and uh, Satsuri Eric Paulson at that time, and I mean, if you if you, they were literally five ten years ahead, you know. I mean, they didn't compete that much, but when when I kind of competed uh, or I started to compete, like people didn't know I had a ground game. My ground game was great; they just couldn't take me down to the ground often. Yeah. That was that was where it was because I was like I was also training with a professional boxer, and so I, I kind of been focusing on the striking a lot. But uh, yeah, we had a good ground game anyway. So when we when we did hit the floor, we we would end up playing with them. Like yeah. it literally was. Now now they're definitely caught up, and you know there's definitely a yeah. real high level. But back then it was really. I mean, seriously, if someone got if someone got mount, it was over. Mm. It was it was it was at such a low level where it was like you got mount, they they flip on the left front, the ground and pound and choke them out, and, and that was it. That just doesn't happen nowadays. No. But back then we uh, you know we had a real high level back then where you know it wasn't a problem, uh, and and that was the. You know, really, it was like Guru was really, really ahead because he had those people coming in with, uh, like, like they say, Sensei uh, Yuri Naganakamura and uh, and Eric was just like amazing on that. Yeah, if, if anyone ever wants to check out some of the shoot wrestling, yeah, yeah, it's just, a completely, it's, it's another world. Yeah, you know, it's it's unbelievable. And he's, again, he had the Machados going in all the time. Yeah, Higgin and, and you know, Jean Jacques Machado was doing regular seminars there once a month. You know, and that was again before whole explosion the bjj explosion that kind of came out your accolades in we can't even call it mma because it was still valo chudo yeah i mean i mean i had, I had fights it was it was when well, they didn't really have the rules weren't really that official you know it's at a time when you know all these politicians you never heard of before were trying to make a name for themselves by saying oh we're going to close this down and we're banning it it's human cockfight and all that kind of stuff and and it was at that sort of time where, you know, the first few shows were like the samurai shows that uh, Lee Hasda were yes. putting together. Yeah. They were the first big shows. Like now you can, you can get maybe like, like, this, like maybe 10 shows a month nowadays you can go to. Whereas back then it'd be like, like two a year. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting that, that back then, and it was really, um, you know, like the first time the public weren't used to that kind of exposure. And like, I even had problems with like, cause I, at the time I'd just gone to start working at a college. And I had people ringing up my manager at work saying, oh, "Why is my my daughter being trained by a, a you know a cage fighter and all that kind of thing?" And and they just didn't have the understanding. Like nowadays, you've got kids; they play it, they know all the games because they're playing it on their on their you know Xbox and what have you. They know all the moves, they know all the you know the thing, the exposures out there, um, and so they have a, a really good understanding of it. And and obviously the safety's coming in there. But but back when I first started, like I have a record, but I, I must have had like quite a few fights that haven't been actually 
credited because they're in the days before they actually had those official rules coming in. Yeah. There's a couple of really famous pictures where you've won, and if you're not wearing a football shirt, that would be... No, the, uh, the, the football shirt one is the England shirt. It was, it was just before the World Cup, and I was up against the European number one, which is David Belkeden. Right. Um, and so it was literally, I think it was like the quarterfinals at that time, and I think England went out to Portugal. We kind of lost that in the World yeah. Cup. So it was the same. It was the same one. So I thought I was a kind of show support. It was at Wembley Arena. So I went out with the England football shirt. But I had in a centre on my back. We talked about this because I, I actually thought Phil first time was ribbing me. He came down to do a seminar for myself and Al Peasant. The first half of it was the ghost, which we'll touch on in a bit. Yeah. And the second half was survive. Oh, survive! Yeah. Uh, which is an awesome concept. Again, I just won the British Open, so I was quite lucky. I'll I'll tell you. But of course, Phil kept saying, no, no, but you're a British champion. Yeah. And I thought he was actually ribbing me. And then you were like, no, yeah, you're British champion. Yeah, I know, but you're a British champion. And like, first of all, it was a real honor. And it was, it was great because I actually thought he was going to wind me up and I was waiting for the punch. I guess, no, but no, no, you're a British champion. I was yeah. like, oh, cool. It's representing. It's, it's kind of important to, to, to understand because we had like, the only reason I started scrapping, because I'm not that bothered about fighting. It was all about the training. But it's just when some people start like, bitching about your instructor and what have you and oh Jake and you guys haven't got any people to fight or yeah that kind of thing it's like oh, okay you know I'll go fight right. now and and that's what's kind of bringing us to the fact that you're representing and also at the same time representing you know the Innocento family as as well as just saying hey no we actually we do scrap it's just about remember where you come from it's about just paying your respects and again I got an itch every, every year I'd fight and it was more about I needed to have a scrap just to get the training into perspective for it. But it was just getting together with a group of guys and having good training leading up to it. If I didn't have the fight, then it, it didn't quite peak as well as it should have done. You know, the training mm. wasn't quite there. But then when it came down to it, it was just about, okay, now I'm here. Now I'm going to test myself. And it's a personal thing. Yeah. But also, I'm from the Innocento Academy. You know, that's, that's, my, that's but- my other family. This is Jim Woodcock from Portsmouth in the UK and I teach realistic Wing Chun at haven'twingchun.co.uk. I've only met Mick Tully once down at a JKD seminar in Basingstoke and I remember the first thing he said was, it's not about realism, it's about becoming Jason Bourne. Mixed martial arts, that's M-I-C-K-S martial arts. Sorry, that's M-I-C-K apostrophe S for all you grammar police out there. One of the first times I ever met you, we were talking and I'm going to embarrass him a little bit because it's a bit of a YouTube highlight now where he fought a good friend of mine and Tony's an awesome martial artist in his own right. He's a really good martial artist and a really, really nice guy. What I really like and one of the real things I do like about Bill is he'd been working on Savat. He's a long, wiry, rangy Lanky. guy. So Savat <laughs> you know, would be like an ideal art for him. and. Yeah. You said it was just luck, but I've watched the fight a few times. And- yeah, then my corner called it. My corner called it because I was getting, I was trying to. I was I'd been working on lots of like trapping and things like that. And I was getting kind of frustrated because he like Tony was crashing in really nicely and and uh, kind of cancelling that side of it out. And I was determined to no, I'm going to get I'm going to get some traps on you. I'm going to do you know I'm going to get this going, and it didn't happen. And so uh, again, it, it's not it's not me trying to be cool or anything. It's just I was kind of disappointed that the fight was over 
as quick as it was because I, I was just getting into it thinking, oh, you know, this is, again, it's one of those testing times where you've trained like three, four months ago. Come on, get up. We can't be over yet. I'm not yeah. finished yet. I've not even got started yet. But the, the call come from Trevor Amber as my, my corner. And yeah. I just, I picked his voice out, out of the crowd. that just goes, head kick, Phil. And I just picked it. And it, I didn't even, it's one of those you don't even think about. You just, it just, you throw yeah. it and that's it. And I was like, and so, you know, on the camera, I'm not celebrating or anything. I'm just no. like, it's more like I'm just a, disappointed that it was over so quick yeah to be honest that's that's what it was well you, you've mentioned there's pretty good link now to get into talking about the ghost because trevor ambrose trevor, yeah he's basically the the spiritual yeah the, the inspiration the yeah the inspiration all, right? absolutely yeah absolutely absolutely he was uh five times world champion but when there was only five belts you know he's one of those world yeah. champions uh professional boxer he, he's been in front of like joe calzaghi sugarboy malenga you know nicky piper chris eubank yeah. you know he's a, it's a good level i was very fortunate that uh, we we trained daily. In the end, initially, like there would be like like three or four others. Yeah. But every time a fight would come up, they'd kind of disappear. And it was really about me just trying to stay on my feet with him because right. I remember just the first time I just walked in to see him and he was just pushing a guy out from underneath the ropes and then saying like, "Come on!" Wow. Because he had a fight coming out, and and so I was thinking, "Oh, this is going to be good." I, I'm just going to try and stay on my feet here. You know, it was, yeah. it was one of those. And I was really pleased that, you know, I'd, I'd managed to do that. Um, but, and then I was like, right, okay, so this is my guy. So, you know, because again, it was like I trained over the Sun Academy, but back home, not being too big any, but there wasn't too many people that challenged me, yeah. you know, and then, and then I found Trev and I was like, okay, now I've got someone I can work and with. And the whole, the whole hit and not be hit. Or get hit, yeah. Well, he just couldn't hit them. But whenever he taught it, he taught a very tight boxing guard game. Um, and so it was just a really unorthodox thing, which I don't think he even understood what he did or how he did. He just kind of moved away. And, and then for years, I was like trying to work out what it was or can we systemize it or, you know, that kind of thing. And then, and then uh, the answer was Carly for me. Carly helped me with the language to help me decipher right. some movements. And then from, from there, you know, I, Carly helped. And then I had to work out a few other things and because the, the shape was good, but I couldn't get the hits off like you punch normally. Yeah. So you, you, make, you make big body shapes, but you couldn't box with the normal punches, the jab, cross, hook. So, so your actual way you punch and target up had to change as well. And, and then it just kind of, it kind yeah. of went from there. Again, because it's a sport fighting, you get called on it. You, you test it. You, it's difficult to test street fighting without yeah. getting locked up. But we're, there's plenty of opportunities now to test, to test Ghost. And so we did. A couple of young lads that come and work with me at Jake and X. Yeah. And, and they're the, I mean, they're really white. Phenoms, right? Yes. X came to you with absolutely no yeah. experience, no, no, right? No. So I, I, I kind of see him around college where I worked, uh, and I knew he was very good at rugby. He was when I say rugby, he's just got the attitude. That it, it's not hard for him to get up for a competition or a fight or something. He's mentally really, really strong. Completely opposite from Jake, he's completely opposite. There's an intensity about X. Yeah. You know, there's there's a there's a real intensity there. And again, I noticed it when I when I got him ready for his first fight. All of a sudden, the atmosphere had changed in the, in the changing room. It was really, really weird, and it, it, he just switched into the zone. It's kind of interesting because I've been with like Jake and a few other fighters and stuff, and I haven't really noticed it. But there, all of a sudden, there, there was an atmosphere change, you know. And it happens every time. Every time we get X ready for a fight, there's a time, and it's about twenty minutes out from from when he's about to go. There's a change in the atmosphere, and you, and you, and everyone picks up. Jake picks up on it. Everyone picks up on it, wow. and it, and it's really, yeah, it's really weird. And but that's X. He has that that ability to switch on and, and uh, go. And, and he, uh, again, very talented athlete, very explosive, very dynamic, yeah. but has had nothing, 
you know, apart from rugby prior to the, the ghost stuff. So yeah, he's, he's, he's a pure ghost. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before because once you get the ingrained mechanics, it's actually easier for a non-martial artist yeah, to pick it up, right? definitely at the start. I mean, definitely at the start. I mean, it's an advantage if, you, if you've got kind of background and you're open-minded, then, you know, we can, we can get you through it a lot quicker. A lot of black belts and other systems will struggle initially. They'll pick it up quicker later on once they get through that initial yeah. blocks and boundaries that they have. So they, they, they accelerate later on after like maybe six months of training. If they stick it out, they'll accelerate to a real fast level. But sometimes it's easy for people that, that don't have that muscle memory because yeah. it's, it's really unorthodox. Exactly, yeah. I've personally seen it because uh, I was fortunate enough to see it basically in its embryonic stages where you were getting it out and yeah, you had the name. It's changing, yeah. And, you, and then every time I'd speak to you, it's completely different. It's because the boys fight. It has really evolved and, and moved on because they are constantly competing. So X and Jake, they fight all the time. Because they fight all the time, we run into various problems or what works and what doesn't work. And it really is an ongoing analysis of the system, which it just evolves from it. Yeah. You know, variations of that. Like all of a sudden, we come up against a couple of southpaws and then we had to alter and change the way we do things. All of a sudden, we come up against someone that doesn't come after us. They, they kind of try and do the hit and run. So we come after an attacking system, which still follows the, the same principles that we're trying to stick with, with the, with the not getting hit. Yeah, the crazy thing is, if you've never seen any of Phil's stuff, you should check it out immediately. To be honest, because I have people like, literally all over the place, all over the world who, who call me in, and they'll, they'll say things to me like, oh, yeah, I've been watching your promo, and I think I know how to beat your system. And I go, oh, okay, okay, so, you, uh, so you're a fire? No, 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 but I know how to beat your system. Oh, okay, so you do martial arts or something? No, no, but I can beat your system. All right, okay, so, so uh, you don't do anything, but... And I said, well, so what have you seen? Thinking you need to be seminar. Yeah. No, no, I've, I've seen your promo. Oh, okay, so that's the stuff we, we, we put out just to keep people interested, but yeah. it doesn't actually show anything because my boys are still fighting and I'm not showing anything. Yeah, that, that, that's just, you're judging me on the bait <laughs> yeah. on the hook, right? On bases, on, yeah. on something that I'm putting out there, which is, you know, again, I don't put anything out there that's at least two, three years old because my boys are still current. Yeah. I, I, I don't put out all the stuff to show. No, so, no. So unless you're catching me on a seminar or you're, 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 you're coming and working with the boys. Yeah, if you, if you want an idea of what it looks you like. come see us. If you imagine, uh, if you see the UFC fighter Dominic Cruz, the way he moves, maybe a little bit of a, maybe a little touch of maybe Frankie <laughs> Edgar, but at a really low level, or Amir Khan. What was the other guy? Prince Nassim. Prince Nassim, Hamid. yeah, Hamid, yeah. Yeah, I've seen the, I've yeah. seen the uh, a few people have said, you know, I, I, I see where it is. Prince Nassim, he was ghosted, but it's a completely different. Yeah, you no, can't I mean, categorize it, I right? Mean, the, difference, the difference is you've got, you're talking about people who are like extreme athletes, they're very good at what they do. They've got a real high level of fitness and understanding of their body and all that kind of stuff. What I've, what I've actually done is, is made it so that I can teach anybody now to move yeah. in a certain way to do it. It's a system now. So I literally can teach anybody to ghost now. It's not just reserved for the people that. You know, I want to move like Ali or, or you know, but yeah, but you, you've got to be this good or that good. It's like, no, no, no. I, I can teach it as a base system. Yeah. So you can either work it as a, as a you know, a single kind of art or you can have a plan B, you know, for your own system. And that's, that's the difference is now that, that it's actually a whole system. We've got, initially it was like, oh, we've got some good tricks and some techniques and then, but now we kind of brought in some principles here. And if we stick to the principles that we have, with the techniques and we work it in the environment that's designed for whether it's the ring of the cage or the open mat and, and you're working it also uh, you know with that guy that keeps getting in the way that referee then 
then uh, <laughs> no, people don't do that. People don't work it properly. You know, like no. when I train the boys, I do the ring craft, but I have an extra body in there as well that gets in the way. You just have to, they have to work the environment properly. Yeah. You know, when we start doing that and working it, then we start getting the ghosting right because there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And if it goes wrong, was it, was it human error? Was it system error? Was it an environmental flaw where it was slippery or the ropes were, you know, you know that kind of stuff? All these things come into the analysis. The things you've just said there, that that's not the, the, the usual vernacular of a, of a coach. It's normally go forward, punch him, hit him on the back foot, yeah. get in the pocket. You know, have you ever gone and seen a UFC fight in public? The world's full of the coaches and they yeah. all know, but there's a very limited understanding. You know, the fact that the referee's there and he can yeah. actually help you. Oh, yeah. No, we have drills. We, we work drills with... With that, where we work with a ref, where we try, we, we use him, and a ref where we, we, we kind of work the ring craft, so we make the other guy go into him and things like that, and, and get trapped by him. So yeah, there's a whole load of stuff that that uh, we 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 do on that, but that's kind of like the secret stuff. So. Yeah. Now the way that you've got it and it's formulated and you've managed to make it, you're probably one of the most like media savvy guys when it comes to martial arts out there. To put it out there? To put it out there and uh, sell yeah. it. I think it has I think to be accessible, yeah. right? I have to say the Defense Lab guys have been a, you know, a major influence and, uh, in that, the Andy Norman. To be honest, this, this would be still kind of like a load of stuff going on in my head if it wasn't for like Jakey and X actually getting out there. But then also having people like Andy Norman who's been yeah. really helpful on, on helping me develop the, that side of it and bring that side of it out to, to get it out there. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, you've got to say the Defence Lab guys have been really, really helpful in, in uh, helping me get the exposure out there. And he's a phenomenal martial artist. You know, if you liked any of the any of the fight scenes in the Batman movies. It's kind of, it, yeah, it's good. But you, I, I made the mistake of uh, watching the movies and then having an opinion of it. And then when I saw them do it real, like at a seminar, I was blown away by what they did. And, yeah. it, and it just wasn't even close, you know, when you, when you see what they do. They've, they've, they've done well with getting the exposure out there for, for what it is, but uh, they are phenomenal it's the flow drill principle when they start drilling it and working it and it's this constant movement and everything makes sense yeah one blow leads to another blow it really really works and also with andy guru bob breen the 4d yeah it's so so we're kind of working on uh we got the tri brand again it's helped us again and it just shows how confident they are about their own brand to allow us to come in like so uh guru bob breen's uh just kicking off his 4d brand um, I'm working a ghost and then we, we go on uh, things together. So we're off to the Defense Lab conference in New York again in June. Guru Bob will be doing 4D. I'll be doing ghost. And then Andy's got the uh, Defense Lab going. And this is like, this is the same we did this last year. And, and uh, they've got conferences going off all the time. They bring us in. Um, he's actually looking at bringing ghost into the Defense Lab programs wow. as well. Yeah, no, he likes it the long range. He's looking at, so when I talk about ghost as designed for sport fighting, uh, purely it was literally designed for sport fighting it's a one-on-one sport fighting where you're allowed to stand a strike but andy's obviously gone off and thought about uh bringing it in for like the car park module where you've got a bit of space and how can we bring this into the combative side of it and he's uh i'm working with him a little bit on that side of it and although it wasn't specifically designed you know for that yeah there he's bringing it out for his defense lab guys for a like a long-range fighting method as well this is mixed martial arts 
pop the kettle on and sit back and enjoy yourself. Hey Hey guys, I'm Kate. I'm Jen. We are the owners of the Winchester Self-Defense and Fitness Martial Arts School. We're located in Winchester, Virginia in the United States. We currently offer the Self-Defense Programs Defense Lab by Andy Norman, Civilian Tactical by Alan Baker, and we are also affiliates of the Pedro Sauer Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Association. Yeah, we're really excited. We have some original programming coming out over 2016 that we're working on in conjunction with Alan Baker. We travel around the world to get the best training that we can get, anything we can access in terms of martial arts training. Um, And despite our busy schedules of training, working out, developing new programming, running the school, we still manage to make time to tune into Mixed Martial Arts Podcast. Tell Mick to do an extended interview with us on his podcast. Yeah, because you'll love what you hear. Um, In the meantime, keep up with us on Facebook. You can like all of the pages, Winchester Self-Defense and Fitness, Defense Lab Winchester, Civilian Tactical of Winchester. Chester. And we'd love to hear from you. Yep, stay tuned. We got lots of big stuff coming. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Due to strikes from the mounted position, winner by stoppage is Mr. Phil Blumola. I used to go away and work at the, uh, on the door because I could pick up door jobs anywhere. So I'd go, we'd go travel and do seminars, but I never kept a regular job because I was always trying to go over to, to train at the Minnesota Academy or would go away on seminars. So regular work wasn't really kind of how it was. But at the same time, I was. I was picking up door work all the time and um, this guy who, who came and we, um, we said he couldn't come in and, you know, trainers, whatever, I can't remember. But then he said he was going to go and get this guy to beat me up and his name was Phil Norman. Wow, was right, he a good so, looking guy, was he? Or, yeah, yeah. Right, well, that was great. You know, I was talking about Colin. I said, Colin, yeah. like, just straight away he goes, oh, you mean he's about this height, right? And, he's, and he's, I was stood next to him and he was doing my height. He's put his hand next yeah. to me going, he's this height, right? And he goes, he's got long hair. And I was uh, like, long hair. He goes, oh, yeah, I know the guy. Yeah, yeah, he was on Glad. Yeah, he's a puff. And the guy goes, you can't say. I mean, he was really angry about you know, right. insulting his, his mate called Phil Norman. And I was standing there going, right, is this a wind-up? What's going on? And, and then and obviously Colin kept winding it up. I'm going to go and get him. He's going to come back and beat you up. He's going to beat all you up, especially you. They're pointing at me. Wow. And I was like, oh, I've never been threatened with myself before. That was oh, that's kind of fun. awesome. Who inspires you? No, I mean, it's Guru, Guru Dan, without doubt. You know, Guru Dan's your, your number one inspiration. You know, complete father figure from when I was a kid looking after me. He's the number one. You've got other inspirations, like obviously Sifu Rick Faye's being the one that's been, uh, I've had more ex- exposure with him over the last few years. He's been so helpful in that and some other work I've had. Being, he's been a real great hit and a big inspiration. And Trevor Ambrose is my, uh, you know, my, my guy for the, for the ghost stuff that, cool. that really helped me get it through there. If it wasn't for my, the boys, Jake and X, it wouldn't be out there, you know. Yeah. So that's that's the the next thing. I'm I'm really bowled over by their loyalty and respect. And again, understand that you're talking about. I've got a couple of youngsters who I've just said to them, right? I want you to go and practice this thing in a fight. Now, if you get it wrong, you're gonna get smashed up. Takes faith, right? And we don't know if it works or not yet. So, and now they've they've done it at like levels going all the way from interclub up to British title. X has fought uh, internationally MMA. You know, he he beat two guys from Mike's gym. You know, that's not. Yeah, that's a major striker gym you got right there. That's, yeah, you know, so to be able to to go in there and test it with that kind of level, and people say, "Oh, yeah, you, you had some easy fights." There's no way we're like we're like Millwall. Even in the home shows, so many people have been watching us trying to make us slip up and stuff like that. To yeah. so they can say, "I told you so." And yeah. you know, the cool thing is, I've got a couple of good guys, and it hasn't happened. But what's your long term plans? Where do you see it all going? Uh, so goals. I came out with some crazy goals a year ago year and a half ago and they were first of all I, I got uh, J.E. Clark one of my crazy goals for him was right 
don't know about him, but but Jay Clark was a really good, really well in kickboxing. He's won uh, won the Eric K one. He won a British uh, kickboxing. He won a Five Nations kickboxing title. Unfortunately, hadn't been uh, diagnosed as a celiac, for having celiac disease. Right. Unfortunately, all his life he'd been suffering from that, and he uh, nearly dropped into a coma. They found him once and and was diagnosed with type one diabetes. Wow! Now because of that. You know, again, longevity there. I, I took him straight out of the hole, the K1, so they want that leg clots, the blood yeah. clots and legs and that kind of, And we kind of pushed him into amateur boxing. Now, he's cleaning up in the amateur boxing scene. I mean, something chronic. So my absolute mad goal for that was I want him in the Olympics boxing. You know, I want him to be in a GB squad boxing. That's a long-term goal that's for cool. him. Yeah. So that's him. Now, with X, he's my MMA guy. And with X, we're pushing him in towards, and I think he'll be probably hitting Bama this year or early next year because he's just taken out. He just drew with uh, Andre Winner, Andre who just Winner, won. Yeah. yeah, Andre Winner just won the British title, Bama. So he drew with X, and his next fight was the British title, which he won for Bama. Yeah. Um, and he also beat Jefferson George, who's or George Jefferson, who's who's on Bama as well. Yeah. So I think he X is probably going to be hitting Bama, and then hopefully we'll want to push him into the, like the UFC, that kind of stage awesome. for him. So that's his goal. Um, and then my personal goal was to get more exposure with it, and we're looking at a uh, uh, trying to get hooked up in the movies like. Andy did with the Batman things to get his brand out there. I've been in front of a, uh, his man, Paul Jennings, already, and he likes it. So yeah. I think my goal is probably going to come off before the, the other boys is going to come off, you know, because I, I think moving in that way, uh, hooking up with those people, and um, it looks like we're going to have ghosts in the movies pretty soon. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think we're going to wrap it right there. But thanks again, Phil, man. It's yeah, great. No, no, thank, thank you. you. Pleasure there. Thanks. It's here for Phil. Congratulations. What a marvellous end to our first show, but let's check the replay. Phil seems to burst through first on the left. Let's check again and look at that. That's it for today. On the next show, find out what all this is about. I will tell the, the, the class that I am the manure truck. I show up at the farm a one-time dump of information. The instructors there are the spreaders, which makes us both full of... Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Music in this show is courtesy of Catalina Kicks. Hear more at catalinakicks.com. Today's show was produced by Ant McGinley. And a big thank you to LWT for their audio clips of Phil from Gladiators. And Diana Udell, if you're listening to this, make me husband number four. Mixed Martial Arts is a Paint Your Headphones production. Wow!